Hey, Disney fans, looking for the latest Disney news and interviews with some of Disney's biggest stars? Have we got the podcast for you. Welcome to D23 Inside Disney. I'm Sherry from Oh My Disney. I'm Tony from Good Morning America. And I'm Jeffrey from D23. And together we're taking you Inside Disney. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hi, hi. So lovely to see you. So you lovely too. to see you, as always. What have you guys been up to this week? I confess that I lost my entire weekend to Abbott oh. Elementary. <gasps> yeah. uh, our good pal of the pod, Yvette Nicole Brown, has been raving about it on socials, and it's been on my list, and I finally just was like, now is the time. And luckily, the full season is now available on Hulu, so I watched the entire thing over like two and a half days. Ah, yes, that's the way to do it. Yes, <laughs> I, I was so into it that I immediately was like posting on social. So like Neil Hunter Hyde, Lady Lucy Champagne, our pals at Skewed and Reviewed, Jessica Sanders, Phil Carlton, the amazing Dave Coombs, Future Cat Hoarder, which is maybe my favorite screen name ever, Lulu. So many people loving this show. I was like so great to feel like there was like a whole community around Abbott Elementary. So um, if you are not watching, watch it. It is just incredible. It is about the comedic but very real struggles facing an elementary school in Philadelphia with incredible performances. And I laugh out loud moments of every in every episode. So that was a big part of my weekend. And then of course, Tony, I had to go back and see if we made it into the GLAAD Awards, which are now streaming on Hulu. Yes. Alas, I guess I was not well positioned, but it was really fun no. to see. I know it was fun to see some of our, our pod pals like Victoria Alonzo was there. A little bit of Disney magic there to enjoy. So that was really, really fun. And that was a, a very fun impromptu meeting, Jeffrey. I got to come out for the weekend. And usually for these, you know, on Hulu, you get to see the back of our heads. Yes. <laughs> so always a great appearance. Indeed. Tony, what about you? Well, you know, speaking of Abbott Elementary, I got to meet Quinta, who mm. is the creator of that yes. incredible awesome. show and stars in it. We did a surprise on GMA a few weeks ago, surprising elementary school. So just totally obsessed with that show and the entire cast. Wait, tell us more. I want to know all about Quinta. Oh my God, she's literally just stunning inside and out. We're like besties by the time the morning was over. And, you know, for these Aww. GMA surprises, like we're up very early. So, you know, that four or five o'clock call time, Whew. sometimes before you even had your coffee together and Ooh. you are already in production mode, it gets very dicey before the sun comes up. But just Quinta was a light before the sun even came up. A big surprise Aww. for a very deserving elementary school and teacher in Philly. And it was so great to spend the morning together with Robin who came mm. out and speaking of, we yes. got to celebrate here at GMA 20 years of our gal pal, Robin Roberts. Can you believe two zero? Wow. And friend of the pod too. Friend and friend of the pod. Fun fact, she was the first person to say hi to me when I first started at GMA. Aww. I know. That's so sweet. <laughs> and also really like cool. so fitting. By name. I know. It's like literally my second day and she was like, are you Tony? And I like literally turned to stone. I'm like, oh my gosh. She's like looking behind me. Like I'm the only one in the hallway. So uh, <laughs> shout out to Robin and team Robin and my team here. I've just been so lucky to have been here for seven of those 20 years here at JMA. So 
so much uh, to celebrate every day it's but only especially a matter this of week. time before we're celebrating 20 years of tony oh, oh my gosh oh, oh. <laughs> get to planning get to planning <laughs> i love it well speaking of just amazing people we've got such a spectacular guest on the show later jason ritter yes. voice actor on disney channel's amphibia and a fun little tease he does mention a song that he sang for Frozen 2 that ended up on the cutting room floor, unfortunately. But, oh man, stick around for it. He talks about all kinds of fun things. So good. It is so good. So good. We get a lot of news to get to first, though. First up, congratulations to our friends at the Goldbergs, just renewed for season 10 Ooh. at ABC. Woo-hoo. Love that show. And I mean, so many, yeah, I mean, Abbott Elementary, the Goldbergs, I, so many great comedies. Also, massive news. I'm sure everyone has watched it because it's got more views than there are humans on the earth. Thor Love and Thunder, the first trailer has dropped. Yay! And guys, catch this. Within the first 24 hours, the trailer reached 209 million views. Wait, what? I mean, that's like almost as many times as I've watched our episode from Walt Disney World. I was just going to ask, how many of those 209 million views were yours, Jeffrey? I'll never tell. (laughs) Did you guys watch it? Yes. incredible. So good. Oh, my gosh. First of all, the graphics are amazing. (laughs) Watching him do his workout and then (laughs) his moment with Chris Pratt and, like, you know, looking at the eyes of someone you love. And I'm like, "Mm, it was just too much. much." And Tessa Thompson in that suit, she was very stylish. You can go to marvel.com to see that trailer if you have not already. And of course, Love and Thunder starring Chris Hemsworth, the fabulous Tessa Thompson, Christian Bale, Natalie Portman, who looked also fierce as Lady Thor, with and directed by Taika Waititi in theaters July 8th. Ah, so cool. Well, here's some news we should be jazzed about. A Sammy Davis Jr. limited series is in the works at Hulu. So there's going to be eight episodes based on the Will Haygood book in black and white, The Life of Sammy Davis Jr., Mm. starring the wonderful and talented Elijah Kelly. He's going to portray Sammy Davis Jr., and we're going to follow him on his rise from childhood stardom to becoming one of the most famous African-American entertainers of the 50s and 60s, and honestly, still today, and the only Black member of Frank Sinatra's Rat Pack, which is super cool. So stay Mm. tuned. More details will be announced later and you know where to find them. Keep listening right here. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) And more Hulu news here, you guys. Life and Beth has been renewed for season two. Hooray! Hooray! I love me some Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer's so great. Listen, she's the creator, director, writer, and producer on this series. It's quite incredible. Uh, the show's so good, and it's chock full of great cameos. Michael Sarah co-stars with Amy, mm-hmm. and season one guest actors included Jonathan Groff, Hank Azaria, and David Byrne. So can't wait to see who's coming for season two. So you can watch all 10 episodes of season one already right now on the Hulu. And when the date for season two comes out, obviously, we'll have that to share. Woohoo! Yes. I have even more streaming news, but this is like a few clicks or taps over on my Roku from Hulu <laughs> to Disney+. Plus. 
Season two of the Proud Family Louder and Prouder is in production. Yay! I know, I'm so excited. The season one finale just debuted this week and our favorite cast members are returning for season two. Kyla Pratt, Tommy Davidson, so many more stars are coming back for season two. So stay tuned. And more Disney Plus news. Okay, if you can picture this, a Venn diagram of Simpsons fans and Billie Eilish fans. I am like squarely in the middle. So I am Mm. so thrilled for this news. A new short from The Simpsons, When Billy Met Lisa, starring Billie Eilish, premieres April 22nd, which is this Friday on Disney+. Plus. It also features Oscar and Grammy Award winner Phineas, Billy's brother. So the story is Lisa Simpson is discovered by Billy and Phineas while she's searching for a quiet place to practice her sex. (laughs) And Billy invites her to her studio for a special jam sesh she'll never forget. I am so pumped for this. That's super fun. Something for the younglings, they might say. Star Wars Galactic (laughs) Pals has debuted on StarWarsKids.com. I did catch the trailer. It is adorable because it is all about the cute, like adorable creatures of Star Wars when they're little and tiny and won't eat you. There's a shy Ewok, a raging Wookiee, as Wookiees do. There's Huts and Jawas. And there's, of course, a funny droid who's trying to keep it all under control. Anyway, very <laughs> cute. Definitely uh, something that the younglings and padwans in your household will enjoy. Love it. And something else to enjoy, also for Star Wars fans, more actors from The Clone Wars and The Mandalorian have been revealed to attend. Drumroll, please. Star Wars Celebration coming up Yay. in a few weeks in Anaheim. It's, it's already here. It's basically tomorrow. How exciting. <laughs> so here we go. Just run through them really quickly. Sam Witwer, who's the voice of Maul in Star Wars, The Clone Wars, and Star Wars Rebels. Matt Lanter, who's the voice of Anakin in The Clone Wars. And Katie O'Brien, who's making her first Star Wars Celebration appearance. Applause for her. She's memorably played one of Moff Gideon's officers in several episodes of The Mandalorian, if you remember. Cannot wait Mm. for Star Wars Celebration. It's been so long since I've been together with our fellow Star Wars fans. And you can head to StarWarsCelebration.com, of course, for more. Well, onto some eternally good news. It was revealed that the key villain in Guardians of the Galaxy, Cosmic Rewind, coming soon to an Epcot near you, (laughs) is going to be Eason, who is one of the villainous celestials. So, I mean, I love a good crossover because obviously- Especially Mm -hmm. this one, are you kidding? Especially this one. So, (laughs) I mean, we already know Glenn Close is back as Nova Prime. We know there are guardians. We know there are galaxies. We know it officially (laughs) opens on May 27th, that it is the world's first story coaster, an Omni coaster. I'm beyond excited and- I mean, guys, if only we could be there. Ah, if only. If only. Mm. Let's Mm. wish upon a star, perhaps. (gasps) I like that, like that, like that. So the coaster officially opens on May 27th. Fun. Well, back to a little more Disney Plus news real quick, you guys. It's been announced that Val Powley will play Meep Geese in the fact-based scripted series, A Small Light. 
coming to us from our friends at Nat Geo. This limited series is going to focus on the real life story of Geese, who played a critical role in hiding Anne Frank and her family. You know, I just love these important stories coming to us, and we really just love to see it. Uh, we're told that principal photography will begin this summer in Prague and Amsterdam. So love that. I love that. And you know what else I love? I love that sound. You know what that sound means? It is time for five fantastic things to watch this weekend, courtesy of our friends at State Farm. For complete details and listings, visit d23.com. And this week, we have an all Earth Day celebration. Hooray! Hooray! Yeah. And remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Sherry, what's up first? Up first is the premiere of Disney Nature's Polar Bear on Disney+. Plus. I am such a sucker for any Disney Nature film. I'm so excited yes, for this. Same. Narrated by two-time Academy Award nominee Catherine Keener. And it's from the directing team behind Disney Nature's Penguins because, of course, different polls, <laughs> but, you know, of course. <laughs> of course. Of course. Get ready to bear witness to bear witness. Yeah. I, Ooh, I said it there. What you did there. Uh, nice. it, it premieres this weekend on Disney Plus, and it's about the making of Disney Nature's Polar Bear. So I'm ready to chill out and watch that. Love it. Uh, chill out. I love that yeah. too. Oh, thank you. I, I'm trying. <laughs> A little late on that one. I was. I barely oh, okay. didn't catch that. Well, next up, we'll have to look up for this one. Make sure you watch National Geographic's Explorer, The Last Tapui, also premiering on Disney+. Plus. It's a one-hour special featuring elite climber, you know him, Alex Honnold, who we know from Free Solo. Love that. Well, this one will definitely grow on you. Oh, The Biggest <laughs> Little Farm, The Return, <laughs> premieres this weekend on Disney+. Plus. It's a follow-up to the 2018 documentary, The Biggest Little Farm, and it follows John and Molly Chester's 10-year journey to transform their land into a farm. And there's also yeah. a pig named Emma. Cute. Well, there are plenty of Earth Day recommendations in the sea, but there's only one Disney Nature's Oceans. Check it out <laughs> on Disney Plus. You will migrate with whales. You will swim with great white sharks. You will race with dolphins from the comfort of your couch. Can't wait to dive right into that one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Don't worry, everyone. We are finished with this section. Oh, I see what you did there. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I can't stop cringing, but I also can't stop laughing. <laughs> On to today's guest, whose Disney credits include Kevin Probably Saves the World, Frozen 2, A Million Little Things, and Wander Over Yonder. We loved him as the voice of Dipper Pines on 40 genius episodes of Gravity Falls, and he's now voicing Beryl on the third season of Disney Channel's Amphibia. Please welcome everybody to the show, Jason Ritter. Hello. Yay. Welcome to the show. Okay, let's start with Amphibia. The characters have gone on a lot of adventures over the seasons from Amphibia to Newtopia to East LA. How does your character fit into all of this? 
So my character, Beryl, is way, way in the, in the past, and we've only heard references to him throughout the show. There was an episode that was all around finding Beryl's Warhammer, which no one has been able to do. We saw him briefly at the end of one episode, but this is the first time we've gotten to know him and uh, Leaf and uh, young Prince Andreas. We're seeing a a huge piece of the backstory and a huge piece of the puzzle in terms of how we got all the way here, and especially why King Andreas is the way that he is. Mm. (laughs) It sounds like you're very familiar had you been a fan of the show. Uh, I had watched an episode here, an episode there, and then when I heard from Matt that I was going to be a part of the show, I went back and I started watching, and You know, it it reminds me of Gravity Falls where like sometimes as a casual watcher, you don't get that there's like a huge continuous storyline. And so it was really exciting to get into it and then just be on this incredible epic journey with all of these characters and these very complicated uh, friendships. I love that. So did you get a call to do the show or was there an audition? Tell us about that experience. I got an email from Matt, Matt Braley, who I know from Gravity Falls time. And I knew that Alex Hirsch had been on the show and I knew that Kristen Shaw had been on the show and I was trying not to, you know, feel left out. (laughs) 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 Gravity Falls uh, representatives. But, you know, I've seen him over the years since Gravity Falls and he's always so lovely and nice. And he asked me at a party a while ago, uh, like, would I be interested in doing a voice on Amphibia? And I said, yes, absolutely. And then, you know, a lot of people say a lot of things at parties. You never know (laughs) who's going to (laughs) follow. That's right. The deals are made, people. <laughs> exactly. All I of a sudden, it. I got this email saying, "Here's the time," and it's this this character in this pivotal episode, and it was so it was really really exciting. I felt very special. Wow. Okay. Well, speaking of Gravity Falls, that is such a fan favorite. It's so popular. Can you talk about what it was like working on the show? That was one of the most incredible experiences of my of my life. <laughs> I think also because my initial journey with Gravity Falls was, oh, I'm going to be on a cartoon. I grew up watching cartoons and I love, I love them. And as I realized what Alex was doing and that there were these clues and this mystery that was going on through the whole show, I became (laughs) extremely involved and engaged. And it felt like almost like personal to me. I was like, Alex is making all these clues just for me to solve, for me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I was there with a little pen and paper writing down the code at the end of every episode and translating it and looking online and seeing what other people had found that I missed. And I went deep into the rabbit hole <laughs> of Gravity Falls uh, and it was just so much fun. Was there anything that you like discovered that, you know, before anyone else or that he was like, really, how did you miss that? Or There's one episode in the, I think it's in the Time Traveler's Pig where I was doing ADR and he stopped at this one thing where Dipper and Mabel and I guess eventually Blend and Blandon run through a snow covered field with what looks like an early version of the mystery shack before it was a tourist trap. And a door opens and a person who looks a lot like Grunkle Stan comes out. And Alex told me in this frame is one of the greatest secrets of Gravity Falls. And I was like, what? And I, but I didn't realize that <laughs> oh, no. it was, Great Uncle Ford that was opening the door. I was looking in the background. I was looking at trying to see if there was something <laughs> in the wall. Or I wasn't looking at the, 
the main thing. I wasn't saying, why do you have a cleft in his chin? Don't usually stay for your whole life. But yeah, so he, you know, he would do things like that. That was really fun that he, he knew how into the mystery I was and he would string me along. Awesome. Genius. Well, before the show's finale, you all actually got together and did a recording of the show's very first episode. You were, we're assuming you usually have to record separately. So what was that like to literally put on a show together? That was so much fun because, yeah, I think maybe Kristen and I maybe got to record together in person maybe twice and together over the phone maybe three or four times. But for the most part, yeah, we weren't together at all. And so it was really fun to just sit there in a room and do an episode that we hadn't recorded together but I had seen multiple times at that point. <laughs> um, wow. It was so much fun just to sit there. And Alex and Kristen are so lovely. And everybody who worked on that show is incredible. And it's exciting to see where everyone, like all the people who worked behind the scenes of Gravity Falls have gone on to make their own shows. And it's really exciting. D23 has a video of that reading online on its YouTube. It has more than 3 million views, which is just it, it's astounding did you have any idea when working on the show that it, could, it was going to be such a phenomenon was there something you were like oh maybe <laughs> I mean I think by the time that I started getting really into the mystery and the you know all of the things that Alex was doing I started to realize that there was a small community of people who had been following since the beginning and I saw that community growing and growing and growing to the point where by the time there was the three-part weird Mageddon, depending on what streaming service you're looking at, <laughs> I felt like it was just a huge wave of us Gravity Falls fans who were waiting to see what was going to happen with all the guys. Wow. Do you have a favorite episode either as a fan of the show or having worked on it? Oh, boy. I think one of my favorite episodes is probably Dreamscapers. It's uh, towards the end of the first season and it's our first real introduction to Bill Cipher, who's one of my favorite characters. I just loved the art direction when they go inside Stan Pine's mind and Xyler and Kraz are reintroduced as, as major players. They're not just in Mabel's hamster ball fantasy. They, they, <laughs> they come back. And so, yeah, I think that was one of my favorite ones. Yeah, but I, I, I love them all. <laughs> okay, well, I'll let the listeners know we don't have any secret info. So we're just asking out of curiosity, would you be up for a Gravity Falls reunion? Maybe a movie, maybe a reboot, maybe everything? <laughs> 100%. Yeah, absolutely. I, I wouldn't, it's not a question in my mind. I would jump back into the world of Gravity Falls in a second. Okay, I love it. Now, we, we don't have any secret information, but we would be very in on that. <laughs> Well, as you mentioned real quick, you and Kristen had such great voice chemistry. When you did record together, what was that like? It was just so fun. I mean, I've loved her from afar for years, just as a comedian, as an actor. I just think she's so unique and special and hilarious. It was just so fun. I mean, I had to kind of keep my fandom levels down and just pretend we're, you know, siblings who, you know, get on each other's nerves and love each other and, you know, all the complicated feelings that siblings can have for each other. But we had so much fun. And I think that we really do like each other so much. And, you, you know, you can feel that we generally and genuinely enjoy each other. Mm -hmm. 
Sounds like the three of us, to be honest. Sometimes. Depends on the day. Um, <laughs> switching to feature animation, you voiced Ryder in Frozen 2. How did that come about? Ryder was one of the North Eldra for our listeners who may not immediately remember. How did that all come about? I got an audition in my email that said for a part in Frozen 2, I don't think it even was specific because, you know, everything is very protected, but it was like, here's this monologue from a, some play that I didn't recognize. I think it was originally an Irish play. That was the sense of what I got. And you have to sing one of these songs. And I went, well, I'm not, I'm, I can't audition for it because I, I'm not a Dina Menzel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, at first I kind of got scared of it and didn't want to do it. And then I thought, oh, but it would be so cool if I was in Frozen 2. And I have, I think at that point I had a little daughter on the way. I thought, well, what if I just, you know, I like singing. I like karaoke. What if I don't stop myself and I just risk some humiliation <laughs> and go in and, and sing for them? And then I did, and they could tell that I could carry a tune. They could also tell that it was probably my first musical audition in the world. And I was extraordinarily <laughs> nervous. My voice was shaking and not enough to fake as like vibrato. <laughs> so... They told me to go to a voice coach for a month and my callback would be in a month. So I went to this coach named Pisha McPhee every day or three or four times a week and just worked and worked and worked and worked. And then I went in, I did it and I left the audition going, well, you know what? I didn't stop myself. It's a personal victory for me that I wasn't scared of doing it. I felt like a real pro with my sheet paper handing it to a pianist and saying (laughs) (laughs) and then I got a call that I was going to be in it and then the song my character was going to sing got cut anyway so (laughs) it was just Uh like a very personal victory for me and then at the end of the day I didn't actually have to sing for the world (laughs) what was the song I ended up singing She's Got Away by Billy Joel. I was going to sing Vienna by Billy Joel and then uh, Pisha she suggested this other song and it was really beautiful and simple not a lot of like crazy runs but just uh you know some some belting type-ish notes and it was uh, very exciting and again like personal victory of getting over my nerves of singing in front of strangers which i had done at karaoke bar so i don't know what the difference <laughs> usually one or two glasses of wine <laughs> but um what was the song that was cut from frozen i'm dying to know It was a song that I only heard once, so it just lives in my brain as a sort of fantasy. But what I could remember is it wasn't just a a solo song. It was a whole bunch of people. We were all talking about the things that we wanted in our lives. And my character's thing in that song, and I say it in in the movie, but it was about never having seen the sky and wanting to see it. And then at the end of the movie, he finally does get to see it and it's big and beautiful but I remember that's what I uh, was going to sing about and I also was grateful that I think I only had like two lines solo <laughs> even though I got the part I still was like maybe I tricked them and maybe once I get into the booth <laughs> I won't be able to do it but uh, it was such a beautiful song and it's just one of those things that uh, goes we never recorded it we never did anything it was cut before that you know it's such a mm-hmm a moving organism that, uh, yeah, just evolves and pieces get lopped off and you're like, oh, okay, I guess we're going ahead. This other thing. 
who knows maybe the the gravity falls movie of our dreams will be a musical and you'll get to put that Ooh. vocal coach training to work <laughs> we'll have an updated operatic version of the lammy lammy dance yes. <laughs> we are here for that well these have all been more recent roles, but if internet rumors are true, you actually appeared in the opening credits of an ABC sitcom, Once Upon a Time. Yes, so we need to know, you're the little boy who runs up to Joyce DeWitt at the zoo in the opening of Three's Company. Please set the record straight, Jason. Yes, that is true. <laughs> you can't see my face. But that is my signature outfit at the time, which is overalls and nothing else. Probably a diaper, to be honest, but no shirt or anything like that. Just uh, straight overalls. And uh, yeah, as far as I understand the story, they're going to just be shooting a bunch of stuff around the zoo. So my mom and I came along and at a certain point, I guess I liked goats enough that I wriggled out of my mother's grip and just walked up to the goat. And Joyce had such a beautiful, fun reaction that they just kept it in. I did love uh, the goats. <laughs> I also didn't realize they recorded so many intros for that show over the years. Yeah. As the cast shifted, they had to keep on evolving. <laughs> so you grew up here in Southern California. Did you go to Disneyland a lot growing up with your family? I went to Disneyland a lot growing up, and then I've gone to Disneyland a lot as an adult. Disneyland has um, occupied spaces in my subconscious over the years. I've had <laughs> You're in good company here, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Taking place while I'm trapped in the haunted mansion or underneath the water in the submarine voyage, or now it's Finding Nemo. But yeah, I, I've been to Disneyland so many times. I love the whole thing. I love that weird feeling when you're going home of tired and energized and sugared up and <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think you get the best sleep of your life after a day at Disneyland it's uh oh, yeah. it's pretty incredible and some of the rides feel like old friends you know some, some of them yeah. become new and some of them are like this is the same as when I was six and sitting in this spooky chair and watching this haunted room actually stretch well played. But you mentioned your daughter earlier. Now that you're a dad, have you gone back to Disneyland and seen the park from the perspective of being a father? I have not yet. Right after she turned one, the pandemic started. And then since it's even calmed down, we've been traveling all over the place, either in Atlanta or Canada, where I am now. So I'm gunning for a, a Disneyland <laughs> trip as soon as possible. We've talked about it, and I think she'll love it as, as much as I do. Aww. Well, it's time for Disney favorites, or as you say, old friends. <laughs> we just asked you not name a project you've worked on. So I'll kick us off. Give us, please, Jason, your favorite Disney animated movie. Oh, boy, that's a good one. I think maybe ah, it's a toss up between Lion King and The Little Mermaid. Those both came out Ooh. at a certain point in my life. They're also, both of those movies, I can pretty solidly say that I know every word to every song. Oh, Aladdin fits that category as well. I think maybe The Little Mermaid edges them out. Love that. Such classic. a classic. <laughs> okay, favorite Disney animated series. Favorite Disney animated series. Oh, let's see. Oh my gosh, that's, that's tough. 
You know, I've really loved the, uh, I've been watching it a lot with my daughter, the, the wonderful world of Mickey Mouse. Mm. Uh, yeah. There's I've a lot of uh, the wonderful world of Mickey Mouse and a lot of uh, Chippendale Park Life, which is also <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> and, um, it's fun to, to see these characters that I grew up with and I'll show her old episodes. I'm like, are you, you want to watch Rescue Rangers? This is where Chippendale, uh, oh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Uh, that whole afternoon was like a staple for me and my family, like Tailspin, DuckTales, Darkwing Duck, yes. and the Dale Rescue Rangers were top of the pops in, in my household. <laughs> Chip and Dale. <laughs> All right. Favorite live action Star Wars and or Marvel movie? Oh, wow. You know, I always have had a real soft spot for uh, Return of the Jedi. I know that Empire Strikes Back is like the cool one of the original ones to like, but <laughs> I loved the Ewoks and I don't apologize that i was gonna say it must be the ewoks (laughs) i was 10 when i saw it i'm like oh these bears are in the no i love them they're awesome they're cool little warriors oh it's weird to me i'm like empire strikes back the bad guys kind of win in that episode hadn't liked that one the best it's so satisfying to see them all come back and triumph over over evil i like that excellent answer all right favorite disney song Presumably not the one that was cut from Frozen. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite Disney song? I think I'll have to say um, a Part of Your World from Disney's The Little Mermaid. Yeah. Yep. That's a good one. It's got the greatest opening of all time with her describing all the things and bobs that she has. I love it's, all the talking and singing. It's just great. Love it. Love it. Good one. All right. Next up, your favorite Disney parks attraction. Wow. I think my favorite Disney Parks attraction is going to have to be Haunted Mansion. I love the entire experience from like stepping into the gate into line. I like seeing the ghost horse carriage. I like seeing all the gravestones, all of the puns I'm a huge fan of. The stretching elevator room and then the ride itself. I just still am so impressed by those holograms and I wish I could jump down into that ballroom for (laughs) just to see how it all works behind the scenes. But yeah, it's always been one of my favorites. All right. Favorite Disney park snack? Churros. I just just can't. I I love them so much. Classic. Do you have a favorite Disney park restaurant? What's, What's the one right by like, it's like right by... Splash Mountain towards kind of the Hungry Bear. Hungry Bear, yeah, because it was right by the Country Bear Jamboree before mm-hmm. it it wasn't there anymore. Right. Yeah, it's okay. Now it's Winnie the Pooh. We we can go to the Hungry Acre Wood and see love- different bears. The different bears. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and we end every interview with this question. You, since you grew up here, there may be a lot to choose from, but your favorite Disney memory. Favorite Disney memory. Oh, gosh. This is easy. In fact, hold on one second. Ooh. This, this could Ooh. be show and tell. Oh, wow. This is or, or listen and tell for... Hey, I have a feeling a prop is coming. All right. He's back. In 1988, after having been to Disneyland a bunch of times, my family and I took a trip to Disney World for the first time in my life. And it was 1988. And I got a hat there on this trip that became my favorite hat in the world. It became part of my personality. It's not any Disney characters that I know of. It's just sort of surfers. You can't even tell 
Well, you can kind of see that. Wow. I've had it uh, since 1988. There was a period of my life where I wore it every single day. And I still obviously travel with it. I don't wear it a lot anymore. I was like, yeah, put it on. Oh, great. oh that's awesome. It's, it's been repaired. <laughs> it's like it's fallen apart. All the cardboard in here is now just sort of dust. It's like, <laughs> uh, but it's cool. That trip was such a huge, wonderful memory. And it meant so much to me that I, you know, I've kept the, the strange <laughs> all this time. It is very 80s. For those who can't see it, it's very bright blues, bright greens, and sort of maybe like a skaterish vibe, like maybe yeah. 1980s skaterish vibe. Not <laughs> yeah, a, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, that's great. And well, nice that it ties. It's a it's a piece of something physical that ties to a really amazing memory. Yeah, absolutely. And it was also something that I just thought was funny. I talked to Alex about it because Alex Hirsch about it because Dipper also has a hat that he puts on and never takes off. And I was like, that's me. I was the hat guy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Jason, thank you so much. This has been fantastic. We are so so happy to have you back as a a new voice for us here on Disney Channel and hopefully many, many more good things to come. I hope so too. I I really love being a part of the Disney world. Yes. And we can't wait to see your first family, a new family trip. Yeah, I know. I I can't wait to go. She's already excited about it. I just need to find the right moment. Love it. First off, who knew he was such an amazing Disney fan? Huge, right? Second, that he took all those voice lessons. That is maybe my favorite (laughs) Jason Ritter story ever. And I was so glad that we confirmed the internet rumor that he really was in the opening of Three's Company, because I find that hilarious. You guys are way too young, but I definitely used to watch that show. So <laughs> amazing. We love to set the record straight here. So there's me that. Too. <laughs> me too. Me too. Well, thanks again for listening to D23 Inside Disney. Don't forget to like and share this episode wherever you listen or subscribe. And if you want to chat with us, just hashtag D23 Inside Disney. And for all the latest Disney info, check out D23.com. We'll be back next week, everybody, with more Disney news and a fantastic guest on an all-new episode of D23 Inside Inside Disney. Disney.